on the first week, the first week, the first Sunday of this month, I preach on um, new creation, like what Jesus did on the cross to new create to create us new. It is not another creation; is a creation that is new because the Spirit lives in you. Spirit of living God. In my profession, we there is a term called spiritual health. We are so concerned about physical health. We talk so much about physical health. Everybody talk about physical health, how to build up your physical health, what food to eat, what food not to eat, all food to eat. And we also talk very much now about mental health. But nobody talk about spiritual health. It is a term that we use in our profession, but to me, it's not spiritual health. It's a common term that is reused in every religion, every culture, every um, tradition jump in and say, this is the way we have our physical health. But ours is not physical health. Ours is, the, the name is not physical. Ours is, ours is life within, the life of Christ inside us, the fountain of the living water, the Holy Spirit who lives in us, they give us the spiritual health. And it's beyond spiritual health. Because it gives us salvation and eternal life. No other religion can define it. Yes? It's beyond spiritual health because it gives us the wisdom that walking along on the path of righteousness, nobody can do it except the Holy Spirit that is within you and me. So it's beyond spiritual health. Right? So when God created us as a new creation, Jesus died on the cross. After Jesus died on the cross, all that he did and he came and dwelt us, making us, making peace between God and man. That's where your new creation is. Right? So God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light to become his new creation. When God created Adam, he's out of dust. Right? But because of his breath of life, the dust begin to function as your fingers, your nose, your eyes. Yes? And the Bible says it becomes a living soul. If we withdraw the breath of life, it goes to, back to dust. Yes? So it is the life that gives your physical health. But medically, we always look this direction. If I don't have physical health, I don't have life. But ours is not. Ours, our belief is life gives physical health. If you don't have life, you don't have physical health. Am I right? And this physical health, uh, this, this, this life is the one that gives the function of your heart. The moment you go to the hospital, if your heart is not beating, game over. <laughs> go to the next room. Game over. Next, next room. But we don't talk about our heartbeats. We don't about talk about life. We talk about physical health, emotional health. We forgot that it's a life that gives the physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, mental health. Yes? Well, it's good. Everybody agree. Amen. Let's go. All right, next one, please, Rachel. Rachel, thank you so much. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse, verse 17. Therefore, if everyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The identity is in Christ. No, in Christ, you are not a new creation. Yes? Very good, clever. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. The new has come. So this is the way I talk here. This is my family. 
So I talk like that. <laughs> okay, the old has passed away. The old must go away before the new, before you, before you can start the new one. There is no mixed. There is no mixed. There is no cold, uh, old and new. It's either old or new. Are we on the new or are we not old? We are new. Amen. All right, let's go. Now, God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light to be a new creation, to be his new wine and new wine skin, yes? And to be his temple for the Holy Spirit. Yes? So today we are on the new wine and the new wine skin. Luke chapter 5, verses 37 to 39. And no one puts new skin into an old wine skins. No one put new skin new wine into an old wine skin. And if he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skin will be destroyed. But the new wine must be put into fresh wine skins. And no one, no one after drinking old wine desire new, for he said the old is good. If you put a new wine into an old wine skin, old wine skin has been stretched to the maximum. A new wine is fermented. When it's fermented, it created a lot of heat. It creates a lot of heat, a lot of energy, a lot of bubbles, a lot of strength that will burst the old wine skin. So if you put the new wine into a new wine skin, the new wine skin has capacity to extend so it can contain. Right? So we are the new... It actually speaks about of, uh, the, the scribes and the Pharisees that, that, that maintain the, the theology of, uh, of Judaism without the Spirit. We are moving from law into the covenant of grace. Our body is in the covenant of grace, not in, the, not in law, right? So, so the new wine skin, the new wine must have the new wine skin. And he says, the old, the, 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 no one after drinking the old wine desire new one, for he said, the old is good. Anybody do you drink wine here? You like your old brain, right? Yeah, you, I like old wine. I, I remember... More than 40 years ago, I told my, my brother about being a Christian. And he said, why rock the board? I've been worshipping my ancestor for so many years. He wants the old one. He wants the old, old way. But he came to the Lord two years ago at age of 80. Amen. Now he's a new wine and new wine skin. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go. Now, this is the way that the Bible describes it. There is, there is always a tension when we become a Christian, we become a new creation. We call ourselves new creation, but we know there is a tension within us. There is always, every day, we, we, no matter how much you pray, let's be honest, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you read, we, we have this tension that is within us because of input that we get, or because of culture because of history, because of past life experiences. It is so easy to condemn somebody, but it's so difficult to forgive. That's why we like the law. Law is condemnation. We like to condemn people. Am I right or not? Or, or is this just me? To condemn people is so easy. You're an idiot. So easy, feel so good. He's an idiot. But it's so difficult to forgive an idiot. Yes or no? But it's always a tension. I want to forgive. I can't. Right? So, this is where Galatians chapter 5, verses 17 to 18 says, For the desire of the flesh, 
The desire of the flesh is flesh talk about your, your old life, yeah? your sinful life. Are against the spirit, yes? Against the spirit. And the desire of the spirit are against the flesh also. There is always a tension. New wine, old wine, new wine, old wine skin. Old wine, new wine skin. There is always a tension. It must be new and new together. Right? So they are opposed to each other and to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Holy Spirit, you are not under the law. You are, if you are led by the Holy Spirit, you are away from the law. You are led by the Holy Spirit to forgive. You forgive and move on. A patient told me when his, her husband died, when she was 50 years old. Husband died. She has two kids. Don't know what to do. She fell into depression for two years. Drawn out the curtain for two years. Never lift up the curtain for two years. And she did not notice what she told me. She did not know. She can't differentiate. Her body cannot differentiate. When she, walked, she went into shower, she, the body couldn't differentiate between hot water or cold water. That's how serious she was into depression. One night, she just felt that. She, just, she said she'd go back to God and feel the love of God. She just woke up. I got to love God. I got to love my children. Drop the, lift up the curtain and walked out of the room. Why? Because she's connected to life. At that moment, she was connected to the new wine and the new wine skin. She was connected to life. Everything lived out. That's why they call spiritual health. They said this is the health that helped the mental health. No, this is the life that helped the mental health. We know it. Not everybody knows it. Next please, Rachel. Now, this is the solution. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 to 24. So put off your old self. It doesn't mean that you got to shave, you know, put more lipstick and look. No, put off your, put off your old thinking, your old belief system, your old value. Put it off, take it away. Consciously, intentionally ignore it and move on to... The truth, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desire. It's corrupt, and yet we did not. We like to pick up, we like to put all things into the garage. Yes, we like to put all things into the garage. Don't throw away, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. And to be renewed in the spirit of your mind is not about changing you, it's about changing your thinking. Your belief system, the belief system is the one that holds, moves you forward or holds you back. Amen. That's why my colleague is here. Amen, Sandra. And to put on the new self, put on your new self, put on the one that, who has the Holy Spirit within. The one who has the spirit, the one who gives you the spirit, who gives you the heartbeat, who makes your finger move, who heals your finger, who heals your head will heal your body. He is the one that gives life. And to put on a new self, create after the likeness of God. Don't, 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 don't forget that we are created in the likeness and the, in, in the image and the likeness of the Son of God. We are created in the likeness and the, the image and the likeness of God and predestined to be the image of the Son of God. But because now we receive Jesus Christ, our image is like likeness of the Son of God. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we all carry it. 
You can feel it when Muya is talking about God. You can feel the Spirit coming out and speak to us. And to, in the true righteousness of God and holiness, this is where I say that it is not a spiritual hell because when God gives in us, we live in the righteousness of God. And holiness doesn't come from us. Holiness comes from God who called us, you are holy. We can't work out holiness. No matter how much you, you fast and pray, you can't be holy. Holiness is God who calls us holy because he lives in us, right? So there is always a tension between old self and the renewed belief system, the new belief system. But God said, trust in, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6, he says, trust, the, trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your heart. Your heart is always trying to argue against your truth. That is the tension. But do not lean on your own understanding we, when there is nothing wrong with your understanding. There is nothing wrong with what doctors have said. There is nothing wrong with what your lawyer has said. There is nothing wrong with what your accountant has said. There is nothing wrong with what that you think is a good understanding, but God says don't lean on it, don't use it to make a decision because the final say comes from the Lord. He knows your beginning from the end. He knows your end from the beginning. Right? Don't lean on your own understanding. We are human, we receive an input, we define our understanding. We define our future. We define our hope. But he said, don't do it. Keep your understanding. Talk to God. I like the song that we, about hope that uh, uh, Stephanie is saying just now. We put our hands to our worship team because every time, every time before I preach, there is, there is a word that comes from what I'm going to preach. Today is on hope. Now, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path. He will make straight your path. Why God has to make our path straight? Because our path is always crooked. By our own understanding. Our own understanding, we can be an accountant, but our path can be crooked. Right? I'm an accountant. I know sometimes I walk like right But God says, <laughs> make your path straight. Next one, please. I have time, huh? Next please, uh, Rachel. Be careful. Proverbs chapter 3, chapter 4, verse 23, 24. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. This is scary. The thoughts shape your life. If you think you, are, you can't make it, you can't make it. But if you think you can make it, our hope is in Christ, you can make it. So this is not spiritual health. This is life within of a living God who knows I can make it because he is with me. Never say, that is un- never say anything that isn't true. Have nothing to do with lies and misleading words. We like to entertain lies. As I said, we are human. We like, we like negative things. Negative news sell better than good news. Yes? And we like to entertain negative thoughts more than good thoughts. Yes? If I make a mistake, 
your whole life will think about me as a negative person who live, make a mistake. The rest of my life, you never think about it. We like to entertain negative thoughts. And Bible says, don't, don't. Have nothing to do with lies and misleading truth. Words. Yep. Next, please. Now, how does the new wine and the new wine skin look like in our daily life? It starts with your life to recognize that you got a life within that is the life of Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer that I live, but Jesus Christ lives in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is such a powerful, mind-changing, mind-life-transformation truth that only Christian has it. I'm sorry to talk about other people who don't have it. Because only when you receive Christ, believe in Christ, Christ lives in me. Now, when Christ, Christ believes that he lives in you, now it's, the boy is on your call. Do you want to believe that or you don't want to believe that? If Christ is in me, it's no longer that I live. My desire is to be his desire. My thought is to be his thought. This is not about being religious. It's about living your life to the fullest, according to what God says. The life that, that circumstances cannot hinder you. The life that the, 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 the sickness cannot hinder you. The life that divorce cannot hinder you. The life that depression cannot hinder you. And this is the life that, is, that only when Christ is in you, you recognize it, you believe in it, then you walk the same journey with you. No longer I live, but Jesus Christ lived in me. It's no longer that I live, no longer. No longer my old life has gone. Whoever has hurt me, gone. Whoever cheated me, gone. The money I lost, gone. Now I am on the life with Christ. That is the only testimony that testifies that we are new wine and new wine skin. Jesus Christ is in me. I'm not being forceful. My, my father is God. Hey, I used to tell my, my, my children you know, when they want to buy, buy things, buy toys when they are young, I said, hey, don't tell me first. Tell your father first. <laughs> don't tell me. Tell father first. But, but this, is, this is our life. We have God who lives in us, who knows our end from the beginning, who can lead us on that path to the end. So why do you have to walk through the crooked path? He made our path straight. He makes. He made it straight. We don't make it. Let him make it straight and lead us. And this is, there is also an assurance that he is the one who loves you and gave himself for you. Now, this is what Jesus gave himself for you. When Jesus agreed with the will of the Father to take away our sin, to take away our diseases, he offered his body as a burnt offering, not as a living offering. As a burnt offering means when the fire comes down, the fire of judgment comes down, every part of the body is burnt, consumed, fully consumed. Fully, not even a fingernail. Fully consumed. So he said, he, because he loved you and me, 
He took all the sins of the world. There are sins that you can't even imagine you will commit. But there are people who committed those sins. And, but he took all those sins of the world and put on himself and become sin for you and me. He has no sin, who knew no sin, who committed no sin, become sin for you and me. He became the sin to be judged. So that you and me has no sin through the forgiveness, through his forgiveness. And he also took the diseases of the world. All the diseases of the world he put on his body so that you don't have to carry disease. The new creation is not a creation that carries disease. The new creation is not a creation that carries disease. The old creation under the bondage of sin carries disease. And this should be the starting point of our prayer for healing. We are not supposed to carry disease. God, I'm a new creation. I'm not supposed to carry disease. Not only that, the word is for good health to your whole body. I'm not even supposed to have pimple. Hello? Is that good news? Yeah? Because this is a new creation. Right? So he took the sin, he took the, uh, these uh, uh, diseases onto his body. We are not supposed to carry it. And then he went to the cross. When he went to the cross, right, he became the curse for us. Curses, are, curses is everyone who is hung on the tree. So he became the curse. Why not? He break the curses in our lives. So new creation have no curses, no disease, no sins. Of course, we are, we, we are human, we sin, but his blood cleanses us continuously from all sin. And so that's how we can have peace with God. When we have peace with God, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Suddenly, you become the righteousness of God. You are not the old sinful burger. You are the righteousness of God. That is our identity in Christ. We got an identity. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. Our identity is not in Optus and Telstra and Facebook and Instagram. Right? Right? And fried noodles for some. But anyway, <laughs> this one. Next one. Now, what happened to our body functions? What happened to our body function? How does it look like as a new creation? Romans chapter 8, verse 10 to 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us, that is the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit dwells inside you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the Father who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, also gives life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in us. Now, you see the difference between when God created Adam, he breathed life. He breathed life. He, his breath becomes life that becomes a living soul. Now, it is not. Now, it's the Holy Spirit that gives life to your mortal bodies. I can understand that. One teaching said that it is, of course, resurrection, right? Right? Resurrection. But I don't believe that, that God gives us this life, the power of the living God, the life of Christ inside us, just to wait for us to die, then he leave us to open. I believe it is a daily life of Jesus Christ that gives daily to your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, your mental health, your relationship, your inheritance, and everything that you need, your favor, your wisdom, your knowledge, everything that you need, not just the function of your body. 
Every part of the body carries the image and the likeness of the Son of God now. Yes? Every cell in your body. Our body is created to, to be the, a, a, a testimony of the, of the burnt offering of Jesus Christ as a new creation. That's what our body is for. Right? So every function in your body comes from this life, the life of the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between people who are not born again because they, they live on the life of flesh. The life of flesh carries the sin and, and carries the sickness of the sin. The life of the new creation carries the life of Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ has no sin, no sickness, no curses. Can you see the difference? And this is the starting point of our identity. This is the starting point of our belief. It's also the starting point of our prayer for healing. We shouldn't be caring. It's not whether God wants to heal you or not want to heal you. It's your belief system. If God don't want to heal you, he, doesn't need to, he did not need to send Jesus Christ to take diseases of the world to his body. Yes? So this is the starting point and say, God, I'm a new creation. This doesn't belong to my body. It doesn't belong to my body. Okay? Next one. Body function again. Second chapter, uh, chapter uh, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 4. His divine power, the power of the living God, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. Nothing has been left out. And His divine power, where does His divine power dwell in us? Because we are filled with the fullness of Christ. And Jesus Christ is our all in all. He fills us all in all. That means every part of the body is filled with the power of the living God. Every blood test is a testimony of the blood of the Lamb of God, not a testimony of the blood of your flesh. Yes? Because the life of Christ gives life to the mortal bodies. Right? So, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Through the knowledge of Him. That's why it's important to us, for us to seek God, read the Word of God, declare the Word of God, reflect on the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God. Because that's where you, the Holy Spirit, the one who gives you revelation of the knowledge of God. The more that you know God, the more you believe in Him, the deeper you believe in Him. The more you believe in Him, the more that you know and experience the life of God that flows through you. Am I right? And by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature of God. You, become the, you and I become the partaker of the nature of God, having escaped from the corruption of this world that is because of sinful nature. Okay. Because God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, and we receive Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit lives in us, the Holy Power, the life of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives life to the life that we live in. So our life is actually the life of Christ. Every cell, every organ, every system in our body partake of the divine nature of God now. Yes, because we are filled with the fullness of Christ. We carry the image and the likeness of the Son of God. Right? And the life of Christ come in, 
give us life to every part of body, soul, and spirit. Like partake of the divine nature of God. Our body as a new creation is not designed to partake of the nature of sickness. It's not designed to partake of the nature of sin. It's designed to partake of the nature of God. So when we sit in front of Facebook, Instagram, video, we got to respect who we are. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have to respect our own body. We have to care for our own body. Bear in mind, it comes through your thinking. It comes through your belief system. Social media give us a lot of good things. Social media give us a lot of temptation also. And we, we sit in, when you sit out in front of it, you know you've got to respect your temple for the Holy Spirit. You know you've got to respect the life within, the fountain of the living water who wants to give you, who call you righteousness in Christ Jesus. God call you righteousness in Christ Jesus, not for nothing. For us not to also believe in him, but also for us to respect our own self. We have a dignity and we have identity days in Christ Jesus. You know, so there are, there are many inputs that are not of God. Sorry, switch it off. Because, because every part of the body partake of the divine nature of God. When you get the wrong input, it, it creates the desire to fight against the truth. Yes? That's when you fall into temptation. Yeah? Next, please. Your life and your health as a new wine and new wine skin. This is how it looks like. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you. Pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then when you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health to into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affection of your heart, for that affect all you are. Faith comes by listening. Come by hearing, hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, first hearing, hearing the word of God, second hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. By hearing the word of God, by declaring the word of God, by, by believing in the word of God, by meditating on the word of God, by reflecting on the word of God, is not to remind God that you owe me something. It is actually to build up your, immune, uh, your belief system. It's actually to convict your spirit to say, don't give me anything that is against God anymore. I am listening only to one voice. I'm not going to listen to many voices. I'm only listening to one voice. Because your, your thought can play you out. Your thought comes from input that can play you out. Right? Your past experiences, the voices from your past experiences can play you out, can mislead you. But now you say, I have only one voice to listen to. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God. And the Word of God brings life and health to your whole body. Now, this is what we need to understand. When we pray for healing, just 
not focusing, just, not just focusing on healing because God wants beyond healing. God wants health to your whole body. In other words, God wants good health to every part of your body. Now, we are focusing so much on little part of this little pimple. Right? And we forgot about it. The whole body, God wants to put good health. So what I'm saying is that when you get your pimple dry up, don't think, okay, my, my crisis is over. Sunshine is here. No, God doesn't stop there. God wants good health to your whole body. Your whole body. So this is the starting point of your belief system for good health in your whole body. So ask for health to your whole body. That's God wants for you and me. God wants good health to your whole body. He comes that you have life even more abundantly, but He also wants you health to your whole body. But we are so focusing on little pimple or whatever, you know. But of course, there are, there are, there are sicknesses I know is serious. You know, it's terminal, it is serious. But God still wants good health to the whole body. Okay? But it's, it's all, it's all rests on your belief. If you believe, you declare the Word of God. You meditate on the Word of God. You keep hearing the Word of God. Keep listening to the messages. Because the Word of God is medicine to your whole body. Right? So we, we, we have healing. To, God wants us to heal, but also God wants us to have health to our whole body. And above all else, guard the affection of your heart so for they affect all you are. You see the power of input that can affect all that you have, affect your identity. Can blur out your identity. And you don't know who you are, you lost your identity in Christ by wrong belief. Yep. Next please. How does it look like as a new wine and new wine skin if you have a hope? Romans chapter 8, chapter 15, verse 13 says, For may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. God of hope, okay, give you joy and peace in believing so that you may be empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. Next, Hebrews 11, chapter 1 says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the fountain needed to acquire the things we long for. If we have hope, the faith will bring it into reality. I hope to be healed, your faith will bring your healing into reality. I hope to get married to the right man, the hope will bring it to reality. Not me, it's made to the right man. But, you know, anyway. But, but who is the hope? This hope is the God of hope. He is the God of hope. Nobody has, nobody has the authority and power to define your hope except God himself. He called himself the God of hope. When he, is, when, when he said he's the God of hope, he is the one who defines your hope. He is the one who back up your hope. Who is the one who brings your hope into reality? We all have hopes. I'm sure we all have hopes. How do you deal with, how do you deal with my hope? We all have hope. A lot of dying patients, I used to tell them, because when a person is, is dying, I can understand it, because whether you like it or not, you become very crisis-centered. When you become crisis-centered, you become self-centered. I'm not saying you become selfish. 
I'm saying that all the languages he hears is about him. It's about him. It's about him. When he hears the language, if you're on a medical journey in a hospital, if you're dying, all that he hears is, I am dying. Then you use, I am dying to define your hope. I got no hope. I used to ask him, where's your hope? I don't have hope. How about your hope for your wife? Hope for your children. Hope for your grandchildren. Hope for somebody who is, you love so much. And they begin to see their world become bigger. They begin to see that I have, actually I have hope. Beside my own resurrection. I have hope for others. You know, one patient, he was so busy, such a busy businessman. He owned a, a few petrol stations. He was such a busy businessman. Before he died, one week before he died, he bought chocolates to the other patients, other dying patients. Because this is the first time he said, I learned to love. I've never thought about loving. You know. At least I learned to love. He, he, he tapped on the life. He tapped on the life. He said, Even if you are dying, you know, it's not in the tap of the, into the crisis. Now, God is the God of hope. So our hope has to be defined by God let God fulfill it. Yeah? Of course, when you are not sleeping, when you can't sleep, you have a lot of issues. Don't talk to yourself, talk to God. When you talk to God, you define a hope for yourself. Right? And we talk to God, you define a hope in the presence of God. God holds that hope for you. Right? He's, he, 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 um, um, he will grant you the desire of your heart. Right? You, that he holds that hope because you define it with him. Right? Don't talk to yourself. I like to talk to yourself. I don't know about you. When you're driving, you talk to yourself, right? Yes? Right? Some people look at me and say, hey, I think good. My hair is okay today. You know? We like to talk to ourselves. On, on front of the TV, we also like to talk to ourselves. Right? I said with my wife watching TV, I think she talked to herself. I talked to myself. TV talked to itself. Nobody talked to anybody. But God, God, don't talk to yourself. Talk to God because He created that hope. He defined that hope for you, right? Okay, let's go. What, how, how do you define this hope? Let's go. Next one, please, sir. Matthew chapter 4, 14, verses 15 to 21. Now, the, now here you see the difference. An evening was coming. His, Jesus' disciples came to Jesus and saying, The place is deserted. The time and the time has already gone by. Send the crowd away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, do not need, they do not need to leave. You give them something to eat. Verse 17. And they said to Jesus, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And verse 18. And Jesus said, bring them here to me. Verse 19. And Jesus commanded the crowd to recline on the grass and they took and he took the five loaves and two fish and looking into the heaven, he blessed it and broke it and broke it and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples gave to the crowd. Verse 20. And they all ate and were filled and they took up 12 hand baskets full from the fragments that remained. Verse 21. And they who had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. What a good way to start restaurants. 
Five loaves and two fish, you can sell to 5,000 and more men. But children, maybe seven, eight thousand. The capital, my accountant is laughing because he likes it, you know. You, you, you only invest in five loaves and two fishes, you get 7,000 customers. What a good Chinese restaurant. You know, no need, no need, no, don't even have to stir the, 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 the noodle. It's all multiplied, you don't have to work. But look at it. The evening was coming. The day is getting darker. Your hope is fading away. Your hope is fading away. Dying patients, of course, their hope is fading away. Right? Evening is coming. Deserted. There's no hope. Nothing you can hope for your solution. In, you are isolated. Nobody cares about you. Nobody can help you. The lawyer can help you. Accountant can help you. Doctors can help you. Your mom can help you. Your mother-in-law would still cannot help you. <laughs> no, that's maybe. But the time has already gone. The time is gone. You're expired. The time has gone. Your opportunity, opportunity is lost. Your future is, is in darkness. The, the time has gone, gone past. What do you do? Throw them away. You give up your hope. Send them off. Give up your hope. No, no, no talk anymore. We are hopeless. The only turning point is when Jesus said, bring them here to me. When we bring our hope to the hand of God, he will multiply it. That's why it's important not to talk to yourself. Talk to God. When you, God, when you put your hope in the hand of God, he created a 5,000 and or 6,000 provision for these 6,000 people. He created it. You don't have to create your the reality. The reality is you, your, your job is only to talk to God about my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. What do you want for them? What is your hope for them? Education, school, you know, for Singaporean, perhaps Mercedes. <laughs> right? Talk to God and let it be in the hand of God that He is the one who knows your future, who knows your, your end from the beginning. He is the one who lined up everything from generation to generation because He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God of generations. And a lot of people think that I cannot pray for next generations because if I die, God crossed the foul. God is not computer. If you die, you don't work on the computer, God, computer close your phone. No, God is a God of generations. He picked up your prayer. He will answer to your next, to, to make sure that when your son is here, he say, hey, your dad pray for a Mercedes, you know. I got to give you, right? All Singaporeans say amen, please. <laughs> right? Because he's a God of generations. That's why he, he said, so when you have a hope, let it be the giving your hope to the God of hope. Nobody else. Nobody else. Our hope doesn't depend on technology. Our hope doesn't depend on political connection. Our hope doesn't depend on status. Our hope doesn't depend on political power. Our hope depends on God who knows you, who knows your future generations. And there is only one God, and there is, of course there is only one God of hope. There's only one way that you hand your hope to. Finishing, right? Eh? 
Next, please. Uh, Hebrews 6, 19, 20. For we have this as a short and steadfast anchor of soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as the forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, this is where the, our hope stays in. Our hope is not a hope of imagination. Our hope is anchored in the Holy of Holies, where the, your, where the blood of the Lamb of God on the mercy seat justified that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And God hear your prayer, God hear your hope, He look at your other righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are at peace with God. Right? You are at peace with God, He said He supplied all your needs according to glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So our hope is not anchored in anywhere else other than in the Holy of Holy. So rest assured your prayer for whatever you need, you have a hope for whatever. It is anchored in the Holy of Holies. No one can rob it except your belief system, except your own mindset. Yes? Next one, I think this is the last one. We'll come to a time of communion, I think. This is the last one, Rachel? After this, yeah, this is the last one. This, the communion part. We are going to partake communion together. And the message is, to do with the communion. When we partake of the communion, Jesus said, as often as you drink it, or as often as you take it, in remembrance of Christ. Can we have the elements, please? While the elements have been passed around. Yeah, take your time. Take, there's, a first, uh, there's a first layer to peel off uh, to get the wafer, yeah. Can you do it? Sandra, Okay. Bernard, all right? God said, remembering of Jesus Christ. Do you know what he did? The three things that he did before we be, he made you a new creation? He took all your sin away? Yes? Remember him? He took all the diseases unto his body? Remember him? And also, remember he in you? You have no sin? He forgive all your sin? You have no sickness? He took away the sickness unto his own body. Partake as a new creation. Partake as a new creation, not partake as an old self, okay? Now, partake, another one is that he took the curse of the law away from you, right? He became a curse on the tree for us. So, three things have been removed from your life. You are now partaking as a new creation, as one who has peace with God. Now, today's message is also, you are partaking with the God of hope. You're partaking with the life of Jesus Christ. Remember the life of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit that they give life and godliness to every cell, every organ, every system in your body. And every part of the body partake of the divine nature of God and live in the life of Jesus Christ. So this is a very serious, serious relationship with God because it is no longer that you live, but Jesus Christ lives in you. Now is the moment that you express your love, express your belief, to God. This is the moment that you express your belief that you are a new creation. You are a new wine, a new wineskin. You are not the old victor who walked in this morning. You are a new victor. Yeah, you are a new creation. 
whom God has died on the cross. So between you and God, acknowledge what you have heard and acknowledge what the truth of God for your body, soul, and spirit. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. Remember, this is the bread, this is his body, broken for you. He was bruised, he was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace, of our peace, was upon him. And he said, by his stripes, we are healed. Yeah. By your belief, you are healed. By your belief that you now live in according to the divine nature of God. Let's heal you by, the, by, by what Jesus has done on the cross. Let's partake of the bread together.